Welcome to Friday Friends, R.I. Elder Info's weekly look at the organizations and individuals providing resources for Rhode Island seniors, caregivers, and professionals. Good morning, everybody. Happy Friday and happy new year. It is a new 2022, very first Friday friends of the year. You've already seen some of our amazing changes that have taken uh, taken place in 2022. We've got the new intro coming on. For those folks who are joining us for the very first time, I am Deb Burton, the founder and Executive Director of RI Elder Info and rielderinfo.com. RI Elder Info is a 501c3 nonprofit here in Rhode Island that maintains the most comprehensive resources for seniors, caregivers, and professionals. And every Friday at nine o'clock, we come on here live and bring on guests that are giving you information that you need to know about, whether you're a senior, you're a caregiver, or you're a professional. So it's really important that you hit the like button and the subscribe or the follow button, as the case may be, on the social media that you're following us on. And I am super excited to say that starting today with this very broadcast, we are now in the podcast sphere. So if you're not able to check us out on Facebook or YouTube, you can find us where you find your regular podcast shows. So you can listen to us back and forth in the car or you know, while you're cleaning the house. You have many more opportunities to get the information you need. So lots of great things happening here at RI Elder Info for 2022. It's going to be amazing. And Please take a moment to share this out with your friends and family because there's stuff that we're going to talk about that you or somebody you know needs to hear. So really important that you share this out. So we are a nonprofit. So what we do here would not be possible without the support of our sponsors and our donors. We are really grateful to Oak Street Health. They are one of our large sponsors. They have locations in Warwick over by the Christmas tree shop and stop and shop Plaza. They have a location uh, on Broad Street by the old St. Joe's hospital. They have another one on Branch Ave right over by the McDonald's. And then they have one up in one socket that is not too far from the planet fitness. So one of the really cool things about Oak Street Health is they can provide transportation to get to the doctor's office. So today happens to be like one of those really snowy days. And if you weren't able to like get in the car and drive, which a lot of us are not going to be able to do today, um, Oak Street Health would be able to come pick you up at your house and take you in for your doctor's appointment. Very cool. They also have community rooms that do a lot of cool stuff that are open to everybody, whether you're a patient with them or not. We also have United Healthcare. They are insurers for individuals on Medicare. They have a lot of amazing benefits. And I strongly encourage you to call my friend Jen Barrows over there. She can speak to you in multiple languages so that you can get the information that you need about your healthcare in a way that works best for you. I am also extremely grateful to 
321 Media, who is doing the magic behind the scenes and is able to make this a podcast for us and make this stream flow smoothly. So shout out to Ben Barber at 321 Media. And if you visited the rielderinfo.com website, you have visited the rielderinfo.com website, right? Yeah. That is the fabulous work of England Studio. They are an award-winning web design team located here in Rhode Island that can create any kind of website that you might need. So I encourage you to check them out too. So this, this week, I am really excited to have my guest on today. She is the director, uh, statewide director for AARP, and she's a friend of mine outside of what we do. So I would like to bring up Katherine Taylor. Good morning, Deb. How are you? Good morning, everybody. Good morning, Catherine. So one year ago, you kicked off 2021 for us as the head of Age-Friendly Rhode Island. And now here it is a year later. Tell everyone what it is that you do now. This is, uh, I'm very excited for you. Thank you so much, Deb. I'm really excited for me too. I, I, I am so, so thrilled and honored to be in this position. I am the state director for AARP Rhode Island. And I am succeeding Kathleen Connell, who I think is a familiar person to all Rhode Islanders. She was the state director. She was the founding state director. She opened the office uh, more than 20 years ago. Um, so I, uh, big shoes to fill. Um, she's someone that I you know, have admired for a long time. And uh, she retired. And um, so I, I applied for the job. And I'm so honored to have been appointed in this role. Yeah, it big shoes to fill. Kathleen was is an absolutely amazing person. So now that you're in this role, what are some of the initiatives that AARP is working on for 2022? Sure, and I'll take a step back from that, Deb, just to describe what our office does because we're yeah we are we are part of you know the AARP national organization which has offices in all 50 states and um, the Puerto in Puerto Rico and the Virgin Islands. And um, we're the largest nonprofit in the United States. Did not know so that. we do um, people, people become members and get a lot of benefits that way. But we also advocate at the national level right now. We're very busy trying to get um, a legislation uh, included in the Build Back Better bill to allow Medicare to negotiate for the prices of prescription drugs. So that's a top priority. And the states are working on that, too, with our federal de delegation to make sure they vote for that on the state level. We are busy in three areas on behalf of our 132,000 members in our state, plus everybody 50 plus. We want to make sure that everybody over 50 has the opportunity to live their best lives. That's our mission. And uh, so we are busy with advocacy on Smith Hill. I can talk about our legislative priorities in a minute. And we're also um, busy with advocacy at the city and town level. Um, this past year, we were successful with, with um, partner advocates in um, enacting green and complete streets ordinances in the cities of Providence and Newport to make it easier for people to get around no matter how they get around. Um, and, you know, making sure that cities um, are walkable, bikeable, strollable for people ages 8 and 80. Um, we're also really busy with communications. We, um, we are a trusted source of information. Uh, we are out there on all, all channels from social media, where we are now, to the newspaper, to television, to you know, producing all kinds of um, wonderful uh, factual um, you know, materials for people to get their hands on. We also have a great website, which you put it up for us, too, and people can just go AARP 
www.rhodeisland.org slash Rhode Island and they can find all our materials there. And finally, we do an awful lot of outreach and programming in the community. So we, um, we've been producing some really, really um, fabulous webinars about livable communities, um, focusing on um, outdoor spaces and on transportation and on other issues like that. Um, we also have a monthly healthy cooking um, demonstration that people can find. All these events, you can go on our website, um, go aarp.org slash RI events to find the live events. But if you've missed things and you want to go back a couple years in time, you can go to aarp.org slash RI replays. And there you can see you know, you can see last year's cooking demonstrations or you can catch our webinars, which are which are really you know, fabulously done. We bring on we brought on um, all of the you know, environmental heavy hitters in Rhode Island um, over the last year. Lots of people who are involved in the transportation space. Um, there's just a lot to learn and a lot of fun to be had. So that's really what we concentrate our work on here in the state. Gee, is that all? <laughs> <laughs> no, actually, I, I will. I, I left out something really important. And this may be something that your listeners uh, would like to get engaged with. We we do all of our work with the help of an amazing core of dedicated volunteers. Volunteers are our lifeblood. In fact, our motto, um, going back to our founder, Dr. Ethel Percy Andrus, is um, uh, to serve and not to be served. And so we have um, scores of volunteers. Many are retired, some still work, some still work part-time um, of all ages who help us get our programming done. In fact, in, in the age of, um, of COVID, when we'd have to bring everything online, people will remember us being out in the community all the time. Haven't been able to do that. We're, we're, we're in our little Zoom boxes all the time. But you've got, you know, three, two, one um, productions. We have tech volunteers who have learned how to do Zoom and who are the, the man behind and the woman behind the curtain for all of our events. We have um, folks who are helping us at the local level connect with their local leaders to become livable communities. Um, we have people who are making um, you know, phone calls to check in on people and to give them valuable information. We have a whole core of advocacy volunteers who have formed relationships or learning how to form relationships with the local legislators to tell the story of why the legislation that we need to get passed is important. Um, and, and so much more. We, um, we, we, not out of our office, but AARP also has two really great programs called Driver Safety, where we do a lot of programming to help people uh, uh, learn how to drive more safely as, as they get older and get a discount on their health insurance. And our Driver Safety lead um, volunteer is very involved in um, all of our other work. And also Tax Aid, where we have um, a program to help people, you know, free, get assistance on preparing their taxes, more, all, all, all kinds of stuff. But volunteering with us is, um, is a really exciting thing to do. And if people are interested in that, you can go straight to our website again, aarp.org slash RI volunteers and fill out an application. Um, give us, give, you know, talk to us and find out what we're about. There may be something that you'll find really rewarding and you'll just meet the nicest people. That's, that's one of the most wonderful parts of this job for me. Yes, I can totally understand that. I want to go back to something that you first said, just to, so that I 
I want to make sure that the viewers understand why is it important. AERP, you had said, has legislation that will allow Medicare to negotiate drug rates. Mm -hmm. Why is that important? This is incredibly important. Americans pay, I think, I have the facts in front of me, but I think it's like three times as much for our prescription drugs as people do in other countries. And um, one of the reasons that's so is that Medicare by law has been prevented from negotiating um, the costs of prescription drugs with the pharmaceutical pharmaceutical companies. Like the Veterans Administration is allowed to do that and they're allowed, they're able to keep costs lower for veterans who use their healthcare system. This has been one of AARP's top priorities nationwide for a generation. You know, for as long as I've been, you know, in my earlier career, the earliest parts of my career, I, I worked as U.S. Senate staff and it was important then. Um, so right now that provision has been included in the Build Back Better um, Act that was passed by the House of Representatives. It's currently being negotiated in the U.S. Senate. And um, it, as I said, it's our top priority to make, make sure that stays in the bill so that um, everyone who is on Medicare will have lower uh, costs for their prescription drugs going forward. It is just so important. And I can't think of a, benefit, a Medicare beneficiary that won't feel that in their pocketbook going forward. That is that is incredibly important because even if you're an individual, I would think maybe you personally don't take a lot of medications. And you think, eh, does it really matter for me? Well, I would assume... Yes, this is going to make a huge difference because it's also going to drive down the cost of insurance itself. It. You know, uh, yeah. to not be able to negotiate and find a fair price. Um, I had a an interesting experience. I'm just briefly, I had a dog who had Lyme disease and the medication that the dog needed to take is also something that humans need to take. And it, it's literally the exact same medication. And it was cheaper at the vet than it was at the pharmacy. Yeah, I believe that. I believe that. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I know it's, you know, and even at that, that there's got to be a price markup as well. So I think being able to negotiate and get at least reasonable rates would be awesome. So if people wanted to support AARP in doing this, what should they do? Sure, you can... Um... You can do a couple of things. You can um, send an email to uh, our our associate state director Matthew Neto um, at m n e t t o at arp.org to say that you want to be an advocacy volunteer. We actually do have um, when when uh, people join AARP and they're from Rhode Island, they can sign up to they can sign up to be. Um, you don't even have to be a volunteer. You can just sign up that you're interested in advocacy. And then whenever we have a call to action, we will email you and let you know what, um, what needs to happen. So you can just, you know, make sure if you're a member or if you haven't joined yet and want to, that you've signed up for advocacy alerts. And um, we will give you many, many opportunities uh, through emails from the national organization and from our state uh, to Set, you know, sign petitions, to email your state and federal legislators, to write letters, make phone calls, and make your voice heard. And that is how, you know, we get these things done. It, you know, we, we are, you know, the, the professionals on our staff 
and the folks who work in government affairs at AARP um, are very effective at their job, but that's not who legislators listen to. They listen to you. You know, they want to hear from the people in their districts who are affected by state and local legislation, the people who are choosing between whether to fill their prescription and whether to buy food or whether to, you know, pay the bus fare to go to a medical appointment. That's who they want to hear from. Those stories are really compelling. And then they can see why this is so important to do. And, you know, this really goes to why I love my work so much, Deb. Everything AARP does, everything um, is geared towards social impact. The reason we do what we do, the, the, end, the end result is that people's lives are made better by the things we do. Um, so that's why we're here. And that's why we need everybody to join up with us. Absolutely. So Carrie Lynn uh, said that she's interested in the advocacy program. So I'm sure she's, she's going to be reaching out to you. Good. Um, so one of the other benefits that you had mentioned, and it is, you know, really kind of going into that time of year is assistance with tax preparation. Um, you know, tis the season. <laughs> what, um, how do people find out more about the tax preparation? Oh, I wish I had that at my fingertips because that's not part of what we do. They're a separate operation. But yep. I think if you just um, if you just Google um, AARP tax aid, because mm-hmm. um, it's run out of the AARP Foundation, which is a little separate than us, then you'll get the contact information for um, for Rhode Island. And I will say that the the uh, the, the volunteer who runs it for Rhode Island is um, is a gentleman named Ray Gorman, who's a fantastic human being, and he'll help you uh, connect with what you need. There, you know, as as all of AARP right now, we can't be in person yet. Um, right now with the spread of Omicron, we're being very, very safe and we're not able to do things in person. So the tax aid program has um, been super creative and managed to serve people despite the inability to be in person. That is awesome. And, you know, you mentioned the transportation program and i've i've had lorna on um before to talk about the safe driver program yes and and that that program is absolutely amazing and and that's been able to be done virtually too um do, do you know if this if somebody does the safe program safe driver training program now do they still potentially get a discount on their car insurance Yes, potentially, depending on the rules in the states. And again, Lorna can answer that. Um, I'm glad you brought Lorna up and I'm glad you had her on the show. I just want to give her a shout out because she she was the recipient of the 2021 um, AARP Rhode Island Andrus Award, which is named after our founder, Dr. Ethel, Ethel Percy Andrus, and it's our highest award for volunteer service. And uh, Lorna is just a powerhouse volunteer. Not only does she run... Um, driver safety program for Rhode Island. They had a, a vacancy in Massachusetts. She's also running the Massachusetts program as well. And she does, um, she sits on AARP Rhode Island's executive council. And she um, she's our liaison to the age-friendly Rhode Island transportation work group. And, you know, beyond that, she and her husband um, are volunteer drivers for Meals on Wheels. She's just a superstar volunteer. And I'm so, I'm so glad you have you had her on her show. Hope you have her back this year because she just has a wealth of, of information to offer. Yes, yes. RA Elder Info likes her very much as well. Um, <laughs> she's just a super person. So, yeah. you know, one of the things that I've seen come up through AARP, which I thought was really, really 
fascinating. Throughout the COVID process, AARP has developed a dashboard for care. Can you talk a little bit about that? Sure. There are two. Um, there is the uh, the long-term services and supports dashboard that ranks um, the states in a number of different categories when it comes to long-term services and supports. And then also during COVID, um, they've developed a nursing home dashboard that shows uh, the status of states in terms of the, the percentage of uh, residents who've received vaccinations, the percentage of staff who've received vaccinations, the, the percentage of facilities that are experiencing um, uh, staffing shortages, PPE shortages. And you know, some of these categories are more important to know about earlier in the pandemic. Now, you know, we're really tracking vaccinations and boosters very closely. So that comes out monthly. And then we at the state level, um, you know, if there's something really newsworthy or worrisome to report, we get it out there. Yeah, um, you guys have done an amazing job with that. Thank you. Thank you. My fabulous uh, staff who's <laughs> been, been really on it. But interestingly enough, the last time the, the, the nursing home dashboard came out with COVID information, um, we discovered a really incredible thing, which is that Rhode Island at that point, uh, these were the November statistics, ranked first in the nation for um, for resident and staff vaccinations. So, wow. yeah, so there's a good story to tell here. And um, when there's a good story to tell, we will tell it on top of the, on top of the difficult stories. We have to take our wins where we can. Because, you know, COVID has been hard for so many people for so very many reasons. Uh, but, yeah, we have to take the wins where we can. And, you know, with the the vaccine mandate, it does keep people safer. Um, exactly. And exactly. initially, Rhode Island, you know, unfortunately, we lost a lot of residents in long-term care initially. We did. Um, but hopefully with the vaccine mandate, you know, even with the Omicron spike, you know, we'll be better. You know, and, and that's always the goal. So what other things are, is AARP working on? Are there particular pieces of legislation that folks should really take a look at and maybe contact their representatives? Yep. And, be, and just stay in touch with us, too, to see kind of where we are pushing things. But we have, um, I think, uh, four priorities for this coming session. And that's not to say we won't weigh in and support other pieces of legislation. But our focus is on the following. First of all, housing. Housing is having a real moment in Rhode Island, which uh, we are very excited about. Um, uh, the, the speaker, the, the lieutenant governor, the governor's 2030 plan, have all committed to um, a real focus on affordable and accessible housing for older people. And uh, where we really want to be in the debate is to make it easier for, for, for people and families to, to build what we call accessible dwelling units. Right now, that's something you can build inside your own house, but you know the tiny home movement, the granny flats, um, in-law apartments, those are all different names for what we're talking about. And those are just, a, they're a way to build more housing that works for us as we grow older, that's easier to live in, that's smaller, that's, you know, that you can afford, that's most importantly in the community where you live not in a high rise that's not near anything, which is what we have mostly in Rhode Island when we think of senior housing, but yep. living, you know, potentially in your very own home, um, but just 
in a, in a part of it. It's, it's also a way to help you afford to stay in your home because you can rent out part of it to other people. There are a lot of zoning barriers and other issues that we're going to have to clear away to make this, um, you know, part of the array of options that we all have as we get older and we want our housing to work for us. Um, and another thing we'll be advocating for is that new construction, you know, there are sort of set-asides for um, housing for people with disabilities, but we would argue that all new construction should have universal design because you never know when you're going to have a disability Amen. or you know, when you're going to have a, a knee replacement and need, you know, specialized housing and be so much nicer for you as the individual, so much less expensive for the healthcare system. You were able to go to right home to an apartment or a home that was accessible rather than spend a couple of weeks in rehab, which I actually had to do a couple of years ago. I had a fall and I um, was in a wheelchair and my house is an old house that I couldn't get in until I had a couple of weeks of therapy to figure out how to use all the equipment I needed to use to haul myself up the stairs. So if, um, and then would eliminate specialized waiting lists for older people or people with disabilities. You know, just all housing would be possible for all people. And that's really what we're going for. So housing is a big one. We will, um, and also we'll, we, last year we were successful with partners in, um, in making permanent the uh, home modification grant program. And so we'll be working to um, up the number of dollars available in that program because they continue, they're, they're they run out of money halfway through the year because people really need that. Um, we'll still be um, pushing for um, all kinds of legislation to continue to lower the cost of prescri prescription drugs from all angles. We were successful last year in getting um, a couple of good ones passed, uh, putting a cap of $40 a month on the uh, copay for insulin, for example, and eliminating the, the gag clause on pharmacists that used to prevent them, but no longer from telling you whether there was a cheaper way to get your drugs than through your insurance. I didn't know that that gag clause was removed. That's awesome. It was removed. Yes. In Rhode Island, that's no longer the law. So we, so um, your pharmacist can tell you, you know, if you use your little like good RX card, or if you, you know, mail order from somewhere um, that you, uh, you know, can make that cheaper. Um, we are also going to be working on the work workforce shortage for long-term services and supports and trying to figure out some good solutions for that. And we will be working to, um, to codify uh, um, in law some of the uh, ways that were allowed to make voting easier for all of us during the pandemic when we didn't wanna be with people. So just making sure voting is as accessible as possible for people with, you know, with physical limitations or, um, you know, just barriers to voting will be important. So those are the, those are the four areas. Those are huge because the prescription drugs is enormous. We are, this housing crisis is insane. Um, I get calls from folks where uh, individuals have rented their apartments for sometimes decades and the property sold and the new landlords are either jacking the, the the rent right through the roof beyond anything that uh, people reasonably can pay or just simply saying you're evicted and navigating the housing situation right now you need lewis and clark and a good map and compass to find a spot 
Um, and that's, and that's very challenging when you are an older adult or maybe have some technology difficulties. Um, so I'm glad to hear AARP is working on these alternatives. And I know a lot of times most folks want to age in their community. Exactly. Exactly. Having an accessory dwelling unit, you know, near a family member on their property. I think that's an amazing opportunity because then you can have your own space, but you're also close enough that if something happens, you know, you, you have help close. Right. Right. You know, and, and that's, I think that's one of the things that COVID has really brought to light is, you know, we really are interconnected. We really do need to know our neighbors and, and have a, a circle of support around us. Mm-hmm. I think that's really, really important. Um, so with the home modification grant, that one, you AARP, I think, was able to get passed through the legislature five years ago, maybe seven years ago, initially. Right. Um, um, but it's, you know, something that had to be reauthorized every year. It wasn't permanent. Now it's permanent. Now it's yep. a program that exists. And that's really exciting. So it's a matter of just making sure it's funded. There's not that sort of clawing to make the case that it's important every single year. And that program, that home modification grant program, is one of the most popular ways to facilitate people being able to remain independent at home for as long as possible. Exactly, exactly. Because sometimes it's just simple stuff that you need, you know, whether it's just having a a ramp to make sure that you can get in your house in the front door, whether it's things like, you know, grab bars and other, uh, other modifications in your bathroom so that you can, you can use your bathroom safely. It can be something like alarming your doors so that a loved one who has dementia doesn't wander. It can be something like installing um, lights that blink on and off um, that are attached to the telephone and to the doorbell so that if you're hard of hearing or deaf, you can tell, you, you know, when, when, when you're needed. Uh, <laughs> just, there are all kinds of adaptations that, um, that are permissible under the program, which is, by the way, run out of the Governor's Commission on Disabilities. So you can find the applications there. Um, very, very straightforward application process. Um, you, you and do need fast it. turnaround time. Yes, very fast turnaround. You know, you, you do need a, a, a health professional to sign off on the need. That could be a physician or therapist. Um, so it has to be, you know, a legit need. But um, it, it's, it's, it's just a very well-run and accessible program for people. Yeah. And when I say fast turnaround, I'm talking like it's usually maybe two weeks. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, because I there's a, a stereotype of, how government defines fast for paperwork, but they genuinely are fast. And so you can get those, those things done. And I think, you know, as we're looking at housing in the big picture, I think, you know, you're a hundred percent on target that we need to look at. Are we building things that will be conducive to us aging in place? Right. Um, I have, I'm, I'm in situate and, uh, right up the road for me, what had been a beautiful field is now going to be a big development. And what seems to be going in are uh, colonials. So garage underneath stairs everywhere. And they're beautiful. Right. But I think what happens when these homeowners get older, and maybe you've got a little arthritis in the knee, or like you just not as 
flexible as you once were. And do you want to run up and down the stairs all the time for right. everything? <laughs> right. Or do you want to drive everywhere? What if you, you know, you don't like to drive at night anymore? That cuts off all part of your life. Yep. You no, know, or if you um, have to depend on someone for transportation. So, you know, building building new construction, you know, we we argue at ARP that it really needs to be um, uh, you know, folk near transit, near other modes of transportation other than cars. So that could be bus or train, that could be sidewalks. Um, it could be just, you know, better availability of Uber and things like that. And near amenities like, you know, grocery stores, restaurants, um, uh, hair salons and barbershops, uh, churches, things that people need and want to do on a daily basis. Make sure that you can get there when you want to get there. It's really important. And you know what I think is is super important for people to hear too is the things that you just listed. There's this crazy notion that after a certain age, your life just simply <laughs> is go to the doctor and watch, you know, cable TV. But the reality is we don't stop wanting to go get our hair done or, you know, go to the barbershop to go to our religious communities to visit our friends that still stays with us. And it's right. right. It's, and, and one of the most important things for all of us at any age, but especially as we get older, um, to maintain our health um, is, is social connection. Yeah. And we, we need and must have opportunities to not just maintain our relationships, you know, with our family members and our friends, but to make new friendships all the time. Um, and just bring those new friends into our lives. And you can't do that when you're on the 10th floor of a high rise in your efficiency apartment. And you can't do that when you're, you know, when you're out in the woods and you can't drive. Um, so, so we want to build housing. We want to approach everything from a, a, a social participation lens. That's a key domain of livability. Make sure that people have the opportunity to participate fully in the community all the way, all the way to their last, last minute. That is, it's so important. So as we're, we're winding down, are there any messages that you want to make sure that people know about? Yeah, thank you for that. No, I, I just, I just really appreciate the opportunity to let people know sort of the full array of, of offerings that AARP Rhode Island has for everybody um, over the age of 50. Check out our programming, join us in our advocacy um, explore what it's like what, about being a volunteer. Um, we, have, we have a brand new volunteer state president, Marcus Mitchell, who just started this week following a really venerable um, volunteer president, um, Phil Zarlengo, who stepped down after, you know, I think 20 years of combined service in different ways for us. He's still volunteering for us, but he's just, he's just not the state president anymore because people don't leave us. Um, <laughs> and just, you know, I, and, and, and give us ideas for how we can show up a better as a as a as a as a wise friend, a trusted source of information, and a, and a fierce defender. That is super important. I think, you know, AARP hits on the eight domains that the World Health Organization has for aging in place. You have the health and support. You're advocating for realistic drug prices. You know, the ability to negotiate that information, you know, transportation, that's a huge issue. So you're, you're working on that transportation piece. And sometimes, you know, 
real quick, like if you're say in downtown Providence and you're trying to cross the street with the traffic lights, just extend the walk time. That's a great. Uh, I've gotten stuck on the island. Like, okay, I ran out of time to get across the street. Mm-hmm. You know, so the transportation piece. So you've got the health piece, the transportation, the housing piece. You do the government advocacy. You offer, you know, the tax support. And you also offer great opportunities for people to be engaged in the community. Yeah. Yeah. And have so, a great time. Meet the nicest people, as I said. Yeah, absolutely. And you bust stereotypes. That's super important. Yeah. 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 You know, I've, I've said this with every hat that I've worn. And then when I've talked to you, Deb, just there's so much to look forward to as we grow older. If we can just eliminate the barriers, <laughs> there's, you know, our, our best, our best, our best part of us is, a, is ahead of us. Exactly. And as long as we see that it is us, it is not us and them. Nope. It is us. us and we. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Right. I'll, I'll leave you with the words of the poet Robert Browning, which I just love. Um, just grow old along with me. The best is yet to be. Amen. Thank you so much for coming on today, Catherine. That is a wonderful point to stop. That's awesome. My pleasure, Deb. It was, it was really a delight. And I hope everyone stays safe and warm on this snowy day. Yes. Well, everybody. That is our first Friday Friends of 2022. Wow, the wealth of resources we just covered. So if you happen to to join us a little late, hit the rewind button and make sure you watch this because there's a lot going on that you and people you know and care about need to know. So I encourage you to hit the like button, hit the share button, and get the word out, whether it is housing issues, whether it's drug prices, transportation, volunteer opportunities, legislation that's going to impact all of us. Reach out to AARP. They genuinely are really nice people to reach out to and speak with and be engaged with. So I really encourage you to to check it out. In the meantime, I look forward to seeing you all here again next week. And in the meantime, I want you to be well and be kind. If you like this video, please follow us on social media and subscribe on YouTube. For more information, visit rielderinfo.com or call 401-585-0509. If you have any questions, email deb at rielderinfo.com.